quit being the world's best kept secret. Your time is now. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we bring you guests from around the world to inspire, educate you, and move you into action. Today, I'm really excited because, you know, I went to go pick up a daytimer, and yeah, I'm one of those gals who, you know, likes the paper daytimer. I love books. I love handling paper. And I do have electronic methods of planning my life, but, you know, there's just something about paper that's extra special. And this book that and we're going to be talking to the author today called Living in Flow, it came home with me. I looked over my shoulder and all I saw was Living in Flow. And here I was like, okay, another book to Deb's collection. But when I started to read it, I had it done in a matter of five days, 290 pages, but I consumed it, even the physics part, which I, I know I'm going to have to go back to, but it was so intriguing to me that my brain was just on fire with ideas. And I reached out to our author, Sky Nelson Isaacs, and he agreed to come on the show. And I am so grateful. So Sky Nelson Isaacs, he's a physics educator, speaker, musician, author of two books, Leap to Wholeness, How the World is Programmed to Help Us Grow, Heal and Adapt, and Living in Flow, The Science of Synchronicity and How Your Choices Shape Your World. He has a bachelor's degree, master's degree, and teaching credentials in physics. Nelson Isaacs was raised amongst the study and practice of yoga, taught by Sir Swamli Sach. Idana. I'll help you with that. Thank you. Thank you. I should have asked you ahead of time. Discovering, I can't even say it. And I've known him for four years. Discovering an early fascination of holograms, some of the most fundamental questions in physics. And he has sought over two decades to establish a connection between synchronicity and physics using research and original ideas. His most recent research has been published in the Scientific Journal of Quantum Reports. An educator with nine years of classroom experience, Nelson Isaacs is a multi-instrumentalist and professional performer of award-winning original music compositions. And in 2019, he founded the Synchronicity Institute to do research and provide training, one of science's wholeness, synchronicity, and flow. And more information can be found at the synchronicityinstitute.com. I'm going to have all the contact information in the show notes so you don't miss a single thing. And I want you to make sure you tune in, eliminate all those distractions, because we're going to be talking about living in flow. And welcome to the show, Sky. Thank you, Deborah. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. And thank you for doing me the honor of reading my book in five days and underlining it. And I'm so glad it moved you. <laughs> it, was, it was incredible because, you know, the word synchronicity, um, I've had the word synchrodestiny come up. And I know Deepak Chopra uses that word. And yes. I'm, okay, this and serendipity, those are some words that continually come into my, my view. And I was like, when I grabbed your sure. book, 
and started going through, I thought, you know what, our audience really needs to understand how this works, because there there is a science to synchronicity. And I think so much we look at maybe the art form of it, wondering how it all works. So I would love to just start off with what has drawn you to the science of synchronicity and what is synchronicity exactly? Well, let me start with a quick story. So I have a friend who had a ring on her finger, which had a blue stone on it and she couldn't remember what it was. She thought to herself, I'll go figure out what the stone is, but she kept putting it off, putting it off. Finally, she, one day she emails her jeweler with a photograph of the stone. And she says, I, you sold me this ring a long time ago. Do you remember what it is? And she didn't hear back from them. But later that day, she went to get her nails done. And at the end of the appointment, the manicurist asked her for her, her card, her stamp card, right, for the salon. So she could give her a stamp and give her credit for the appointment. So my friend reaches in her purse, pulls out a business card. It's not the right card. It's actually the card for the jeweler. And on the back, it says the words blue topaz. So she re remembers right away that the stone is a blue topaz. So it's, it's the way that she got the information was indirect, right? She made an attempt to get the information from her jeweler, reached out in this direction. But later that day, the answer came to her in a different form. And so this is why it's so important for us to understand this is more than just uh, a funny event that can happen every once in a while. I think that this is the kind of thing that makes us feel like we're not alone in the cosmos, right? Makes us feel connected to the divine at the greatest level because the things that show up in our life are meaningful and impactful and they, they correspond to the thoughts and the feelings that we have. And if we can understand that without the lens of organized religion or like a dogma about something we can't explain at all, I don't want to explain everything about synchronicity and get rid of the mystery. I don't think we'll ever get rid of the mystery. We're actually led more deeply into the mystery by understanding that there are ways to invite it and ways to live with it more, more intentionally so that you can actually, you can know that you're going to find out the name of your stone. You don't know how you're going to figure it out, but you know, you have a confidence and inner knowing that with a certain intentionality and action that follows from that intentionality, you will be able to find the information and make it happen. So how is synchronicity tied to coincidence? Well, I get confused when people ask this question myself, because um, what do we mean by coincidence? Coincidence means co-incident, happening at the same time. And everything is happening at the same time right now, right? It doesn't mean, what we really mean is meaningful coincidence. So a meaningful coincidence is something that is two events that line up together that have meaningfulness to them. There's some relationship that makes sense. Right. And that relationship, it defines the synchronicity. So a synchronicity is Carl Jung's term for sin, meaning falling together or with, and chron, meaning time, like clock time. Synchronicity is falling together in time. So two events that line up, like the the asking the, when the salonist asked the woman to reach in her, in her purse for one reason and pulling out the information that had the, the blue topaz on it, that was a synchronicity, an alignment of these events in time in just the right way to reflect that she had also had this request earlier that day to send the email to her jeweler. There's an alignment in time. If she had made that request a month earlier, you wouldn't think that's a synchronicity anymore. It's just lucky. Right.
And that's why, you know, you hear people say that everything's happening for you, maybe not at the time that you want it to be. There has to be that alignment in time is what you're hearing. Can you describe, in the book, you describe that synchronicity as a neutral process versus more of a positive one. You know, when we talk about that alignment in time that you just mentioned, you know, how is it? How is that, you know, that it's more of a neutral thing, not a good or bad or need to be strictly positive? Well, I think people think of synchronicity as a positive thing. Serendipity is known to be like uh, a happy accident, something that sort of goes right, but accidentally. But a synchronicity, I think what makes it powerful is it's a reflection of our lives. It doesn't mean it's positive. And so you can start to see like I had a time when I went to, to uh, an event pretty far from my house and I was going to give a talk that night and I was nervous about the talk because I didn't know anybody there. Mm-hmm. So I get to the venue about three hours early. I gave myself plenty of time and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to work on my slides because I want to feel really confident. And so I'm about to get up, pull up my slides. I pull up to the venue and I turn off the car and it dies completely. So the car battery is dead. And at this point, I know I have to deal with it right away. So I, I'm not going to be able to work on my slides. I have to call the, the tow truck. So I'm frustrated, right? Um, of course. But I realize that by opening the car door, I'm sort of breaking the seal between me and the outside world. And I'm stepping into a bigger world of people. And my whole fear of that even was connecting with people. So here I am addressing the very thing that I was, I was worried about. I get out of the car. Uh, the tow truck company is on its way. A neighbor comes out to see if they can help me. I start talking to them. I invite them to my workshop that night. They decide to come. A woman stops, pulls up by on the street, an elderly woman looking for the freeway, just asking directions. She ends up deciding to come to the workshop. She says, I'm going to go to the deli and get a sandwich. Do you want anything? So she brings me a sandwich for dinner. And by the time the workshop happened, I knew like half the people in the room. So because of the car battery dying, you know, being able to see the obstacles that happen in life as the pathway to getting where you want to go. And so as long as you're dialed into where, what you, who you want to be, not where you want to go or what you want to accomplish, but who you want to be, yeah. then you're going to take actions which are in alignment with that. And then the idea of synchronicity is anything that comes along really is part of that path of synchronicity, whether it's positive or negative is not yours to decide. Yeah. How powerful is that? you know, to, and I know as a presenter and speaker myself, how cool it is when you know people in the room, but how those people came to your room is even more significant and meaningful. Yeah, there was synchronicity already present and we could talk about it, you know, it just, it broke the ice right away. That's beautiful. So what does it mean to live in flow for those, especially, you know, our audience might not understand um, what that means and where that energy comes from. And uh, how does one get into flow as well? Well, let me read a little passage from the book. Um, This is about purpose. There's a difference between finding our purpose and finding a sense of purpose. The first phrase implies a very big statement about life's goals, as if there's something we're supposed to be doing with our lives. And we have to find the right thing. I like the second phrase better, finding our sense of purpose. I think the universe responds to the choices we make by bringing new events into our lives that match those choices. Therefore, each of our daily actions becomes really important. 
Making each action purposeful is a habit we can develop. It's like tending a garden. You aren't a factory farm pumping out only one cash crop. You're a community garden planting different seeds at different times and for different purposes. Some of your actions purposely build love within your family. Others of your actions invest in your career of your own joy and fulfillment in life. Finding a sense of purpose focuses more on the sense of part than on the purpose part. The purpose can be any goal or intention that you take on, but your sense of purpose is unique to you. Finding a sense of purpose is about finding the essence of yourself in everything you do. So living in flow is about taking everything that happens as part of your journey and your job is to bring yourself fully to what you're doing and identify what it is. What is myself? What is the essence of me? What is the purpose that I want to create? Not my purpose, because my purpose might change from day to day, but my sense of purpose right now in this moment. And how does that tie into uh, what I want to create in my lifetime? Everything we do is meaningful, meaning that I have this model of a tree. And as you take action, you're, you're aligning yourself with certain branches of the tree. And the ones that have apples, it's an apple tree, of course. The ones that have apples are the ones that become more likely. And so you're aligning yourself on this tree. But everything you do can generate these apples. So is what you're doing really purposeful? Or are you, are you just making sure the house is clean every night, spick and span, and is that really your purpose? I mean, that's meaningful, but it's not necessarily purposeful if that's not your purpose. You know, it makes me think of those books that I read as a kid that it had two endings. That mm -hmm. you get to a certain part of the book, and if you choose A, you'll get go down this road and have this ending. And if you choose B, you get a totally different ending. So I was one of those who read the one side and then read the other. I always wanted to know well, why. <laughs> what would have happened if I would have made that choice, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how that's how I feel too. And there's, I think I talk about it in the book. This this concept of counterfactual definiteness, which is a fancy term that means counterfactual means what didn't happen, like going against the facts. Yeah. And def definiteness means, you know, something you can touch and feel. So counterfactual definiteness doesn't exist, which means that the things that you didn't choose, there's no sense in talking about them because there's no world in which that really happened. There are these, the, the, the idea of the multiverse is of many branches of this tree and it's what's really, I write a lot in this book about grief or disappointment. Because this is a really important part of it ties living in into flow. regret too, right? Ties into regret, yeah. Because regret is about grief that you haven't allowed to exist or process. And when we can grieve the regrets that we have, the, the missed opportunities, we never go back on this tree. And you know, I think people want to think, want me to tell them that you can go back to those old choices, but you can't. But what's what you have to understand about infinity is that it just keeps the tree keeps going. It keeps expanding. And so whatever the meaningful idea was you had earlier, like this job opportunity that you missed, there's another job opportunity like that in your future. But to get to that choice, you have to learn whatever you need to learn from the past choice and release that. And oftentimes that's grieving a, a missed opportunity. What, what can keep us from experiencing more flow is holding on to grief, or we don't want to go and feel the, the sense of inferiority or that that we get in a converse, in, in certain relationships, or we don't want to feel the sense of failure that we had. And yeah. so we don't then try the next challenge. So by, by allowing those feelings to exist and working through them, we actually can get back into flow.
Mm -hmm. Because those missed opportunities are actually more of a misalignment than anything. And that's why it didn't align in time. Yeah. And I mean, they're a misalignment in that moment and they might be an alignment in the future moment, not because they were not meant to be or they were meant to be. I don't believe in this idea of meant to be. I believe that we're giving chance after chance after chance to grow. Mm -hmm. We're here to grow and heal. And so synchronicities are life's way of presenting us with the next challenge. And if we're not ready to win that challenge or to, to rise to that occasion, that just means we're still learning. And we can keep learning for a long time and that's totally fine. Yeah. The question is at what point have we learned what we wanna learn and then we're good enough to make it through that challenge with a new mindset. You know, if we have the same relationship challenges again and again, at some point we, we see that pattern happening. We learn a different mindset, different way of relating. We take more responsibility for the relationship and we have a different experience. Right, because the lessons come up just in a different form. They continue to show up until the lessons learned. Yeah, I, th I think that's what synchronicity is really about. The cycle of repeating the same qualitative experience, even though the people and the faces and the jobs change their, their, their description right. over time. Okay, here's another question I have jotted down <laughs> to ask you. So in uh, page five, um, you consider an event meaningful to us if it aligns and shares with the properties, values, needs, thoughts, feelings, and emotions or ideals that we have expressed recently mm -hmm. or are what's on our mind. And then a little bit later down, a little bit down, you go, the ultimate interpreter of the meaning is our inner knowing, mm -hmm. which comes from thoughts in our head the feelings in our heart, the sensation in our gut, and whatever other sources that we have been making decisions. Can you just expand a little bit more on the meaningfulness of what we give to events? I definitely think that's, in fact, that's one of the last things I say in the book at the very end is it comes back to what you already know to be true. Synchronicities are not an external force or an external divine being that's guiding you to a certain outcome. And it can feel that way sometimes, right? When, when the business card shows up in my friend's purse, she feels like she's being getting a message from the divine or something because it's coming at just the right moment. Right. But it's it's what we what we can do is take that information and reflect on what were we thinking about? What what's the information we were seeking, and how does this support that? Well, this right, is created inside of ourselves. Yeah, so sure. ultimately, it, it needs to come back to what our own. Um, inner knowing is and rather than taking it as um, an external force that's telling us what to do coming from a place of inner knowing I think is really important because otherwise we get trapped in cycles of um, you know trying to think of what's best for us from the outside mm -hmm. and really I think the purpose is to get back into what are our authentic desires what do, who do we really want to become yeah because you talk about getting into the state of flow requires the adaptability Right. And when our mind is focused on the fear of the future, how do we even see some of those current circumstances that are coming to us? Well, and when we get stuck in the fear of the future, we're focusing on one branch. We're looking ahead. It's like standing in a tunnel and all you can see is ahead of you, the end of the tunnel. There's something you're afraid of and you're you can't look to either side because there's just these walls around you in the tunnel. So. I think this metaphor of a tree really helps because there are many apples on the tree and those apples don't correspond to a single outcome. They correspond to a, a certain type of experience. So if, if what I want is to have a new job at such and such company, 
Well, what I'm really after is having a sense of accomplishment or a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. And that can come from many different types of circumstances. It can come from a job at a different company. It can come from a relationship. It can come from a friendship. It can come from a new exercise routine that makes me feel confident in with myself. And so looking at the apples as the qualitative experience that I want to have and then seeing, well, I'm afraid that this apple is going to fall off the tree, right? Because I'm not going to get this particular job or this person just isn't calling me back, whatever it might be. Backing out of that tunnel and seeing how many other branches there are. And in order to do that, you have to have a little bit of acknowledge your grief. Like this is a very Buddhist idea of non-attachment. Yes. It's the attachment to the one branch that is, doesn't make any sense because there's all these other branches, but we do it. We fixate on that one branch mm -hmm. and it keeps us out of flow because that branch is blocked. Right. And that's where people get caught in ruminating that it has to be done this way. And this is the only way things can be done. Yes. And I think that ultimately what, what we're trying to be taught is that self-love is really important. And if we're fixated on one branch of the tree, we're not paying attention to self-love because that branch is about external accomplishment or who we're going to be in the future, not loving who we are now. And when we can get back into like if there's a block on the branch, somebody's saying no to us or not calling us back. Right. When we can tune back into self-love, we can accept that we're not going to get that thing, but that maybe there's these other things that are actually just as good or different that are going to be fulfilling. And that's, I think, a very deep shift to make on the inside. Yeah. You know, the other thing that we were talking about um, before we came on the interview was about the mirroring and projection. And something that really stands out to me because I've been working on understanding this concept for a while is experiences outside serve as a mirror for the experiences inside. And every event can be a meaningful opportunity for learning about ourselves. So when you talk about the mirroring of our experiences inside, what I take from that is what type of thoughts, what are the quality of the thoughts going through your head and what you are experiencing as you go throughout your day. So I'd love for you to share um, with our viewers and our listeners about mir the mirroring process. Yeah, I think of this cosmos that we live in as responsive. So it's not happy, it's not sad, it's not positive, it's not negative. It's not on our side, it's not against us. It's, an, it's a response. It's like a reflexive universe, meaning that the events that happen out of all the many events that could happen, these are the different branches, the ones that do happen are aligned with the choices that we're making. And I really think it comes down to behavior. You know, our, our thoughts are important, but they're mostly important because they determine what our behavior is. So for having negative self thoughts, but we take a behavior that's positive and life affirming, that's going to generate a positive synchronicity, right? It's going to put us on a different, on a path of um, fulfillment, even though we have these negative habits of thought. The problem is that our negative habits of thought are usually what drive our behavior if we're, if we're having them. So we're, we're very tightly linked between thought and action. So it's important to change your thoughts if you want to change your actions, but it's not necessary. You can, you can take a risk, even if like I've had times when I felt very insecure about being on stage as a musician, but at certain times I've known that this is what I want to do and I've just gotten on stage. Right. And then the synchronicity flows. It's not, I don't have to be perfect and have like, totally courage, courageous, I can simply act as if and let the synchronicity follow. So I think synchronicity is 
I mean, that's a great example. You know, I'll go to an open mic, for instance, where I, I, I'd like to play some music, but I, I haven't prepared anything. And, um, and then it turns into a session where people are being called up on stage or I, I jump up on stage and I end up, I, I did this once where I jumped up on stage to solo on the piano. And then they called me back up later to, to play with them for the rest of the set. So that's where, you know, there's this reflection. Um, I take a first step and then the universe takes the second step and, and invites me deeper in. Yeah. I remember and, that part in the book and I thought, gosh, that took guts. You know? <laughs> and then, you know, to have the person who was part of the organization said, you know, you should kind of ask first when you do something like that. And then to be invited back on. I was like, you uh, just proved me wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought that was so, so brave, you know, but at the same time yeah. it flowed and they welcomed it at, yeah. at the time. Maybe they were like, oh my gosh, what's this guy doing? Right. But I, um, I and, and I've got examples with my family as well. You know, parenting is such an incredible reflection too. So for some folks, they'll recognize this in themselves where, you know, there's a, I'm having a conversation with my daughter about her homework or what movie she wants to watch. And I notice that I'm getting frustrated or tense. And it's almost always a, a good reflection for me to look at why am I having this reaction? Mm -hmm. um, and if I, if I want to, have an, like my deeper desire is to have a, a loving relationship with her, not so much that she gets her homework done, right? It's this loving relationship, this yeah. trusting relationship. So if I can look at that as the outcome, what kind of behaviors do I need to take to get to that versus my, my immediate reaction, which is, you know, you have to finish your homework right now. Yeah. And I think this is where people get confused about understanding what 100% taking 100% responsibility actually mm. means. Mm -hmm. right they're like what do you mean i'm doing this i'm doing that and it's all about checking the boxes off a task list versus okay how do i want to align with the outcomes that i would like to have right right i mean i, I here's a simple example like in my house i've always wanted to recycle and be you know, environmental about those things um, and then i have this daughter who's learning how to do that but if i am really strict with her like every time she puts the wrong thing in the wrong bin she gets mean dad like that's teaching a whole nother lesson. So I have to look carefully at my values. What's the long-term thing I'm trying to create here? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it means letting go of the value or the strict rule in order to allow something else to emerge, some flexibility, some loving kindness. So yeah. what's the ultimate thing we're after? And, and then what's the action that's going to generate that synchronicity? Yeah. And it's tell she calls you out and says, hey, dad, you put it in the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she, she keeps me honest, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I know my kids do that. No, but you put the dishwa dishwasher rack the wrong way. <laughs> That's my usual example. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. So one of the other things when you were um, this, the existing research on flow states, one of the things when you talk about aligning in time is to try to do a project before it's ready or to push it further. And I know, you know, we want things to happen faster. I know in my life experience, when I was working on one of my books, I was frustrated with myself because I'm like, it's not in flow. It's not, I need to get this done. I have a deadline. And I remember the publisher saying, saying, you know, Deborah, a book is ready in its time. You can't force these things, you know? And I was just, yeah. I think it was, <laughs> I can't remember if it was the first or the second book, but I was just like, I, I want to be accountable, right, for the deadline. But once I heard that, I have used that with a lot of things now that the timing has to match up. And it, I want it to be in flow because I know the product will be different. 
Well, that's true. And so the story of this book, it's, I wrote it in 2011. Well, I, I should say a, a previous book. I wrote a manuscript in 2011. I sat on that manuscript for five years before I had the courage to approach a publisher. And then I approached a publisher. I got an agreement to, with a very small publisher. And then I said to myself, you know, I love this, but I, I really believe that this can do better. I, believe, I want to believe in myself to try for a, a really mainstream publisher. And so I, I kept shopping and I sent out over the course of about a year and a half, I sent out, you know, five or six proposals. And at North Atlantic Books, it got turned down, but it was close. And I was really disappointed. So I went back six months later at, at an event that they were at. And I, I told them I would be there. We, we were friends still because I treated them nicely when they rejected me. <laughs> and I, I met them again at the, at the event. And they said, do you want to submit the, the, the contract again, the, the book again? And I said, let me just start over. Because at that point, it was like eight years later, and I knew exactly what I wanted to say. So uh, it is ready in its own time. And I, I had this experience. So there's this process I call the Lorax. Listen, open, reflect, release, and then act. And then the X is to not give up. This is a cycle you keep continuing. And sometimes this happens over a long period of time. So in, a, in an academic paper I was working on, uh, that was really trying to deal with this one concept, which has to do with quantum mechanics. In quantum mechanics, there's what's called a, a bra and a ket that together form the word bracket. And a bra and a ket go together to form to create probabilities. And quantum mechanics is all about probabilities. So I'm, I'm trying to solve this, this kind of conceptual issue. And I get invited on this radio program by a, a wonderful woman, uh, colleague. And she said, this show is called BRA, bra business revenue assets is it's called it's all in the bra and i think it's a funny name for a show you know it's so we're, we're kind of laughing about it but it's something that's tickling my mind like it's all in the bra because this is a term in quantum mechanics too right. and so uh it wasn't for a year and three months later that i had a dream in, the, in a nap i realized i saw the bra and the cat coming together a certain way and i realized that that was the answer it's all in the bra was the answer to my question about how does synchronicity happen how do you put that apple on the tree came from that that broadcast ultimately yeah and you wouldn't think that you know that is truly like almost a serendipity right a happy accident and yeah. how did the two even connect right but because of the acronym it just makes total sense and the message came to me a year earlier and it wasn't for i had to reflect on it for the whole year before it made sense what it, what the message was yeah it's funny because i was talking with a friend of mine today and she said she keeps sending me pictures of a mug that she wants to send me that everything is happening for you. And, you know, I said, yeah, you know, I'll look back a year from now or two years from now and I'll, I'll understand. But right now I'm not standing. <laughs> That's true. Well, Steve Jobs talks about that. You know, you understand life in retrospect. And I think, you know, he looked back on his life and he said everything made sense in retrospect. I think we can actually do that looking forward if we start to look for the signs and the, the ways of being that can um, identify how do I get to that place I want to be. I listen to life's experiences. I open my mind and don't jump right in with no. Mm -hmm. Or And I, I consider other opinions, other perspectives. I reflect. I spend some time really examining how does this fit in with the rest of my life, my bigger picture. And then I release because there's usually some attachment I had, some way I thought I was going to go. I thought my daughter, my daughter was going to get her homework done tonight, but it turns out we're just going to have a long conversation about school. You know, that's the yeah. better path. And then from there we act because we're in alignment with the circumstances. Now we've listened and reflected. Now we can take an action that's that's in, in response to the response of cosmos.
Right. So I'm curious, Guy, what do you do when you, you know, hit something that you feel like you're out of flow? How do you get yourself back into flow? Well, for me, what usually happens is negative feelings, right? I have like um, negative self-esteem or just self-criticism. I get on my own case. Mm -hmm. um, that's just my habit. And so learning how to be kinder with myself, how to, and in order to be kind with myself, I usually have to let go of an opportunity, right? I missed something. I was going to play music. Uh, I was late. I, was, I had a band rehearsal the other night with this new band I'm with, and I was late by 45 minutes. And it really set a bad tone. And I just kicked myself for being late. It was all choices that I made. But it was a really good lesson for me to understand why I'd made those choices. And so letting go of that negativity in myself allows me to then just see what do these other people need from me in order to make up for that. And, and maybe I lose the opportunity and maybe I don't. But either way, I'm bringing my best self. And then that shows up in the relationship. Yeah. And it's about intention, because I know you talk a lot about, and you mentioned earlier about how our choices shape our world. And instead of thinking that our choices don't really matter in the big picture, if people shifted to thinking that every choice that they did and were thoughtful about the intention behind it, that these new connections could lead us in unexpected ways. Yes, I think that um, I think that's really empowering, right? Because if we think we're just living in this, what I call reductionist world, where everything can be separated and independent of each other, um, then it's, it feels like most of what I do doesn't matter. The choice I make of what to watch on TV is just, you know, just one night, who cares? But in my second book, which we can come back and talk about another time, I talk about the connection with the whole and how everything is part of a bigger whole. And that's where the synchronicity comes from. And synchronicity doesn't come from where you think it's gonna come from like my friend with the blue topaz ring, she got the information from her purse, not from the jeweler. Mm -hmm. So the information is coming from unusual places. And if we don't ever ask for the information that we need, it's not gonna know, know to come to us. So I think that um, there's, there's a real empowerment to the sense that everything we do is sort of being reflected back to us. Yeah. And you know, you talk about boldness shifting probabilities. And I, I love, you know, that it takes bold action to get people out of their comfort zones to push the limits of their imagination. Can you right. tell us what that that truly means about right. shifting your probabilities? Well, so if you're on a if you're on a tree and there's a bunch of apples over here, but you're kind of heading this direction, there's like one branch that heads over to that region of the tree with all, with all the apples, and all the other branches lead to nothing, empty branches. Then you're, you need to be able to choose that one branch in order to get to the apples, get to the outcome you want. So that might be choosing to raise your hand at an event where it would be natural to, to be quiet, not have your voice be heard. Or it might be um, volunteering to take on a new, new job at work, be on a task force that's going to take extra work or, or risk you know, being criticized for not being good enough. But you're going to take that risk. It's that stepping out onto an unusual direction that, that is what I would call that one branch that leads to the apples. And it doesn't lead directly there. It still involves you showing up again and again and, and doing the work. And, but um, taking a bold action is going against the expectation. And if the expectation is leading towards the same old, same old, then going against the expectation is going to lead you to a region of the tree with the thing that you're really wanting to create. And I, I have a song, actually, that I could play for you tonight about uh, taking from some great words by Marianne Williamson 
about, uh, about this notion of um, living into our best self called There Is Nothing Big in Playing Small. Absolutely. Let's take it away, Sky. I'm okay. looking forward to this. This is original. So right here on the Millionaire Woman Show, Sky Nelson Isaacs playing a tribute. This is a song I wrote called There Is Nothing Big in Playing Small from uh, the poem A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson that I interpreted. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant and gorgeous, talented and sure? But you're a child of God. Why would you play small to make others feel secure? You were born to manifest the glory of within. Our deepest fear is not our weakness. Our deepest fear is our strength. It's our light, not our darkness frightens us to silence, keeps our shadows tall. But there is nothing big in playing, playing small. As we let our own light shine Unconsciously we give our friends the strength to do the same And when we free ourselves from fear Others get permission to love themselves again You were born to manifest the glory of within. Our deepest fear is not our weakness. Our deepest fear is our strength. And it's our light, not our darkness that frightens us to silence and keeps our shadows tall but there is nothing big in playing playing small and it's not just in me and it's not just in some of us in everyone you meet there's 
not a single one of us that isn't fabulous. Our deepest fear is not our weakness. Our deepest fear is our strength. It's our light, not our darkness, that frightens us to silence, keeps our shadows tall. There is nothing big in playing, in playing small. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And those, uh, some, some words inspired by Marianne Williamson and her beautiful poem, A Return to Love. And I, I actually met her through Synchronicity and she gave me permission to use that song, or to use the lyrics. So, um, yes, that's, that song came from about 10 years ago. Uh, those lyrics were gifted to me from uh, a friend who gave me a, a, a written uh, poem and I just interpreted it in a new way as a song. It's so important to feel inspired by life experiences and, and who we are to, to dig deep into you know, who, who's the best we can be, who we authentic self. Yeah. And what a more powerful, you know, poem than the return to love. Um, Marianne Williamson, that our deepest fear and to know that all of us, if we could only all step into that greatness and shine um, and realize that it's all meant for all of us. I, I love your interpretation it was beautiful thank you touched my heart and uh, i'm honored to have you share that with us all well it's my pleasure and it's it's so important to me that from this book what we're doing is finding the inner knowing as you mentioned earlier you know yeah. it's synchronicities are meaningful to us because they speak to what we already know to be true they're just reminding us of who we are You know, normally I would jump into asking you one of your favorite books, but I really want to connect with what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? Because I feel that there's a lot of synchronicity and flow in that question as well. Well, I think synchronicity, here's the connection between synchronicity and flow. A synchronicity is a, an event that happens, which doesn't necessarily make sense in the moment, right? You meet somebody new, you don't really know why, where your car breaks down, like I described. You don't like, this just seems like a bad thing, right? But it's not until later that you see that there's a, a connection that makes sense, it's helpful. And my work as a physicist is studying the foundations of space and time. So I, I really look at time, how time can connect over extended periods of time, how events can become meaningful. Yeah. And when we see the synchronicity as something useful, we see the car breaking down as something useful, or we see the argument you know our spouse brings up you know, taxes or something we see that as useful on the journey we say yes to it whatever that means in the moment yes to yes to the conversation yes to the broken down car then we get into flow we say yes to life when we get into flow doesn't mean we say yes to everything that happens but we say yes to the to the obstacles that come in, in our way and by doing so we turn them into or we turn ourselves into people that can handle flow and get into the flow experience 
Right. And, and what stops us from doing that is the inner dialogue, the filters that say, you know, you shouldn't be doing this or this is bad news or you should have checked the car oil before you left this, the house or whatever, you know, that negative self-talk. I, I could talk to you for hours. I already have questions about <laughs> uncertainty and everything. We're going to have to have you come on the show. I'm going to grab a copy of your Leap into Wholeness so that I can just connect with that as well. Um, such a pleasure to have you. I'd love for you to share with everyone how they can stay in touch with you um, and just Great. connect or work with you. Well, I have a workshop that I lead every month called the Wholeness, Synchronicity, and Flow Workshop. And we dive into some visuals and, and ideas from the sciences uh, and how they apply to exercises we can do to name the things that keep us from flow, to identify the, the ways of thinking and filtering the world that keep us from uh, getting taking advantage of those synchronicities to experience more flow. And there's not one right way to be. It's, flow is what, it, what happens when we get into relationship with life at a deep level. And so that happens once a month, and it's uh, at my, my synchronicityinstitute.com website. And um, I'm on social media. I'm on Clubhouse. I'm on um, all the regular channels. So um, I have a lot of videos that I present, I put out there for people to watch, and I'd love to stay in touch. Yeah. And don't forget, check out his YouTube channel. Again, I'm going to put all the show links, um, show notes in the link below um, this video. And if you're watching on the podcast, you'll be able to access it as well. Um, but I teach a, go ahead. I, te I teach a session for anybody who's on clubhouse. I teach a session every Monday morning, uh, early in the morning on wholeness, synchronicity and flow and one on Wednesdays on um, social issues related to wholeness and synchronicity and how they can, how that can really affect the way we tackle some of the big social issues of our time, like climate change and privilege. Do you have a particular time that it's at on? on it's at 9.30 Pacific on Wednesdays. All right. And yeah, the Monday morning one is at 7 a.m. Pacific. Excellent, excellent. I already know some people who need, need to be a part of that. So that's that synchronicity right. there as well. And it kind of comes full circle. You know, it's been such an honor, you know, to read your book, really be pulled through into flow to understand the synchronicities and flow in my own life. And just an opportunity to share it with our listeners around the world um, and to have you play, you know, especially when I read the part about you jumping in, <laughs> but oh, how cool would it be nice to have him play and hear you played. So I, I love it. So thank you so much, Sky, for coming on the show. And we definitely have to have you come back on um, to talk about your other book. So thank you. The, so the much. honor is mine. Thank you for reading the book so thoroughly. And thanks to all your listeners for listening in. Thank you. And everyone listening, I, I hope you, you're probably going to have to replay this. Take some notes. Find out where there's synchronicity and flow in your life. There is a science to it. And again, I will put all the links in the show notes for you to follow up with Sky and you know join them on Clubhouse, maybe even attend the workshop and really get connected to understanding how life can be with ease and move forward and give an understanding to, you know, not being attached to the apples on the trees and know that, you know, there's other opportunities out there for you. I would love you to also go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com. That's Kazowski with an S K A S O W S K I, where you can get your three part video course on making habits stick to build consistency and focus into the goals that you're working on. As Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. 
And I would love for you to subscribe, hit the bell, and also check out Sky's YouTube channel because I've su subscribed as well. So I don't miss a beat of what's going on in his world as well. So I hope that you do that too. Go out and make today great.